Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Mercury, a broadcast of hope. I'm Dr. Rosalind Clark, and it's day 1101 of our broadcast. Longtime listeners might remember some of the different folks who have come and gone from our lives over the course of the past few years that we've lived here. There was uh, Wade Hogue and his buddy Bill Slemp, way back in the beginning, who taught us a lot of the survival skills that we lacked here in the station. I mean, this was a college radio station, so academia was a little more our speed than surviving the apocalypse. So we really did have a lot to learn. There was an interesting character named Alaska Chance, who was part of our community for a while. She was a zombie rights activist, and we're still trying to figure out if she started that cult around that idea. Then there were several communities that had developed in our general vicinity. Deerfield was the closest one to us, both in proximity and in our interactions. They were such a great group. And Anna, she was our equestrian courier, and frankly, a really good friend. But all those people are gone now. They were part of our lives for a season, and now they aren't. Apocalypse or no, that's just life. The disappearance of the communities is entirely due to a massive zombie horde that passed through, destroying everything in its path. We had warning that it was coming, and most of the people that had been living in this area until that point got out ahead of time. But few have come back. And for whatever reason, there aren't as many people traveling through here as there once were. Max and I have discussed it, and we're speculating that it's a combination of factors. Primarily that people have settled down more and are traveling less in general than they were in the first few years, as people were initially trying to locate loved ones and sketch out a life in the New World Order. The other being that... Medusa wiped out too much around here. There's just not much here to draw people to the area anymore. My point is, we don't see very many people. The Mennonites aren't too far away, but they mostly keep to themselves. They travel in every so often to trade and help out with some mechanical issues we have from time to time, but they aren't making any social calls. There's a community that recently came to our attention, Fiddleback Hollow, which is a fair piece from here, but they are certainly not looking to be friends. Our closest and dearest friends are the Longs, Jennifer, her two kids, and her mom, who live in Gibstein's Lighthouse, one mile offshore. And, well, human contact. It's everything. Whenever people are isolated, they don't thrive. Whether we're talking about seniors living in facilities or isolated in their own homes or folks with medical conditions, the worst thing that you can do to someone who's incarcerated is to put them into solitary confinement. We're just not built to be by ourselves from an emotional standpoint. As a single woman living by myself, back before all of this, I appreciated my independence. 
I enjoyed solitary time. But I always had a strong community. I had co-workers and friends, neighbors, my students. There were always people I was interacting with in my daily life. From the cashier in the grocery store that you'd exchange pleasantries with, to the old friend you could chat with on the phone for a couple of hours every once in a while, or drinks with a colleague after work. And it was all just part of everyday life. Once all that went away, I started to realize how valuable every single interaction was in enriching my life. From an evolutionary standpoint, the only reason that we have made it this far as a species is because we are fiercely social. As individuals, humans don't really have what it takes to survive. While we like to think of ourselves as the top of the food chain, we're not exactly cut from the same cloth as other apex predators. I mean, we aren't very fast. We lack the teeth or claws to be effective at killing our prey. Our hearing and eyesight is unimpressive as far as senses go. The main thing we've got going for us is our stamina. We just don't stop. And early humans work together. And those two things are what allowed them to survive. Allowed them to take down a woolly mammoth to feed a village. And protect their families from the saber-toothed tiger. If you'll romanticize the picture I'm painting here. Basically, with our forces combined, as it turns out, humans do make effective killing machines. Too good, actually. But that's another issue. But the principle applies to today, too. When Max was gone, Agnes and I barely held it together. The three of us here so viscerally depend on each other for our very survival. We quite literally don't know what to do without each other. And we almost had to face that when Max disappeared. I can't even express what it meant to us when he came back. You should have seen us off the air that day. We were crazy emotional. I'm actually glad you didn't see us off the air while he was gone. Both of us were complete wrecks. But anyway, some points to ponder. We need each other. We depend on each other. Life is about the people we spend it with. For Mercury broadcast of hope. This has been Dr. Rosalind Clark. Take care of each other.